The following is a sneak peek at an exclusive episode from Ramble on the Road, a companion podcast to Ramble by the River. The complete and unabridged version of this episode, which is over two hours long and contains the juiciest parts of the episode, is available through patreon.com slash ramblebytheriver. These episodes are a bit more unique and a little bit more personal than Ramble by the River. And when I record these, I just go in there and think about it like I'm catching up with an old friend. So you really get the behind the scenes stuff and really get to kind of dissect inside of the process of making Ramble by the River. So if you like what you hear today and you're hungry for more, go to ramblebytheriver.com and click the subscribe link at the top of the page. That will take you directly to patreon.com slash ramblebytheriver where you can select the subscription tier that's right for you and get immediate access. Not only will subscribers have instant access to Ramble on the Road, but they'll also get early access to every free episode of Ramble by the River. So the Ram fam is always at the front of the line. Finally, each Royal Rambler will receive a free t-shirt after three months. So don't wait. Go to RambleByTheRiver.com to sign up and join the most elite group of podcast supporters in the game. Thank you to all who are already supporting the show. You're the lifeblood of this organization, and I couldn't do it without you. I hope you guys like this episode. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Pot of gold. Okay, all right. I'm not on the road. This is not a real ramble on the road. It's a fake. It's a fake. I'm in the studio, but I was already in here recording something else, and I just thought it made a lot more sense than getting in my car and moving on my shit, and I'm just going to do it here. This is a ramble on the road episode featuring our good friend Jeffrey Hilton. So I guess you could call it a Jeff and Jeff Incorporated. That's a throwback. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was the name of the podcast me and Jeff were going to make about a year and a half ago. And never happened. But I guess it did happen because this is it. But it's called Ramble on the Road. This episode covers all kinds of different topics. We went, you know, personal and then topical. We talked about our own lives, you know, love life, our thoughts, our hopes, our dreams, our pains and our sorrows. And then we talked about what's going on in the world. Uh, we, I mean, I tried to pull him into aliens and talking about existentialism, and he wasn't in for any of that shit, so. It was still pretty good, though, because he did explain why, and that we got philosophical just right there, so I tricked him. And it was good. We talked about our childhoods and did a little introspection, dug a little deeper than usual. It was cool. So I feel great. We just recorded this earlier today, and I hope you guys like it. I had fun with this episode because when I'm talking to Jeff, I feel totally comfortable. He's like my brother. We've known each other a very long time. Me and him have been close since I was 10 years old. I'm 33, so 23-year friendship. And in that time, we have had a lot of conversations. So I know that he knows my heart. So I can feel free to take risks and say crazy things and let myself take the risk of being wrong because that's how I discover new ideas and, and you know refine my old ideas. So I really enjoy talking to him and I really appreciate that part of our friendship, something I really very much value. 
that's kind of why I wanted to have a podcast because I thought that that would create that effect in everyday life. I realized that was naive to think that because that's just not how social life works. You have to play by the rules. You gotta know what's going on. You just, you can't just assume people are gonna listen to your podcast and then understand why you're a weirdo. It doesn't work like that. But anyway, uh, naivete aside, Jeff gets really vulnerable and like talks about some really deep stuff in this episode as he does in many of our episodes. And so I just want to say thank you to Jeff. He will never hear this, but if you see him in real life, tell him thank you because as a listener and the creator of this show, I really appreciate it because I enjoy going back. And I think that for ever now, I have these chronicles of my friendship with one of the best people I know. So I really value that. And yeah, don't take anything we say too seriously because we're just having fun. We're just talking about ideas. And I do a lot of playing devil's advocate in this one. I talk, I try to make him laugh some parts and I try to make him angry at other parts. And I just want to make him think and feel stuff. And it's, it's fun. It's, it's so much fun because when I have a guest in here that I've never met before and I'm trying to get them to open up, trying to get them to kind of expose something raw, something real that people are going to be able to just connect with. Something that's not just part of their normal everyday facade, you know, the act, the the spiel. I want to get past all that stuff and get underneath. And Jeff just lets me in right away. And I don't have to worry that he's going to leave and be like, fuck, why did I do that? Jeff's an asshole. He tricked me, which I actually genuinely think that sometimes if I push too hard, like, I don't know how real journalists do it. Interviewing can be kind of rude and it feels rude and awkward when you're doing it. But it's it's got to happen. People want to hear it. It's fun. And that's how we learn. That's how we grow and share ideas. So, you know. It's necessary, but yeah, it can be kind of daunting at times, especially lately because of just things, just things, reasons, for reasons, (laughs) that's why. Anyway, this is a good episode, so I really hope you guys like it. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with the infinitely complex, beautiful person, Jeffrey James Hilton. Jeff? Hey, man. Come on in. Cool shirt. Lombard? Yeah. Urban legend. I like Einstein. Yeah. Cool dude. I really like it. really fit me the best, but kind of poor sand. When I was in like fifth grade, I learned what E equals MC square meant. Mm-hmm. And I was really proud of that. I, that was like my, my tidbit of knowledge I would give people when I saw them for like six months. I can't even understand how he came up with something like that. I don't know. The That's inv- why like we're not the, Einstein. The invention of ideas and like the defining the universe and stuff. That's so far beyond me. Yeah, it was beyond them too. The, they No one before them had done it. So it's like, what, what do I have to lose? 
It's not like they were proving anything. Well, they were. That, everything before that was like religious. How do you do it? Did you like come up with it and then prove it? Like have a theory and prove it? Or did yeah. he A theory and a mathematical the proof. Theory and proof. Um, it's all just math, though. Like the uh, gravity being not what people thought it was. It's not a force that pulls you down or pushes you down. It's a bending of space-time. Right. That's fucking mind-blowing. The, like the whole uh, a bowling ball in the middle of a like a bunch of people are around the edges of a big sheet holding a bed sheet mm-hmm. you place a bowling ball in the center of it it like drag like the edges are still up in the air but the center's dragged down right and then if you try to roll a marble across from one side to the other it's going to get sucked into the middle because it's depression right there and that's like how a black hole works that's how gravity works mm-hmm. it's just we got a bowling ball at the center of the earth yeah it's pulling everything. So you're like riding the curve. Gravity's riding the curve. It's not a straight pull down. It's interesting shit. But yeah, how you been, man? I'm okay. Staying busy? Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this weather? Oh, man, don't get me started. It's bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I know we're not supposed to just talk about the weather. That's boring podcast shit. But this is not normal weather. No, I've never seen it like this. Not in my. I've lived here my whole life. Never seen a spring... It's, it was 100 degrees this time last year. What's the date today? It's the 15th? Yeah. Uh, a week from now. So just my... 19 degrees. I don't have dates or anything memorized, but my recollection of last year, which is the recollection of like how years been as past, is end of April, you start getting nice weather. And like by the time I get ready to go to Bristol Bay, I've already had at least one or two weeks where it was four or five days in a row of nice weather. And we haven't had that. Not at all. Not once. And it's like half a day of sunshine. You know, I'll, I'll be like, oh, it's sunny. And I'll look at the weather radar and be like, oh, it's not going to be any rain. And then I'll drag all my stuff out of the shop. And then I'll work out or whatever. And I'll go inside. And all of a sudden you hear yeah. rain pouring down on the skylight. And got to rush out and drag everything in. It's weird. It is weird. And I hear some people like, oh, we need the water. And I'm sure, you know, water's good. Um, I think it's, it, I mean, it's obviously really good for fire season. Because at this time last year, stuff was already dry. It's just, do I hear Chasa? Yep. Oh, Chase him, my darling. I might have to, uh, the vet might call me. Okay. Uh, I got her x-rays yesterday. Daisy's got me, the whole Daisy thing got me freaked out, so I'm taking her in all the time and having her. Good thinking. Checked and. Gonna... Got me freaked out. I was, I've always been freaked out about cancer. Um, well, like, I've seen what the chemo does to him, and I wouldn't make that call until, like, it, it, I came across that, but, um, I'm not gonna, I mean, if it's, I don't want to put her through chemo if I don't have to, and, uh, I don't think I could do it. The sooner, yeah, exactly. Uh, the sooner she wouldn't understand. She'd just be sick and miserable, um, and can't smoke weed. Right. Like I you and chemo patients. Um, so I'm taking her in every six months. Chase, you my sweet girl. You're such a sweet girl. Uh, but they were gonna call me last night, but they didn't, so they might call me. Maybe they'll call me this morning. Or cool. I'm assuming nothing's going on. That's why they're not in a hurry to. Probably not. She looks pretty healthy. Yeah, I just went in, had the hips checked. You're glowing, Chaser. You're glowing. Had the hips checked for dysplasia. Um, Her knees, what happened was her legs gave out twice within a couple days, and it was like... Like a wobble and collapse type of thing? Just like a weird weakness collapse. Like, oh, I've never seen her do that before. Uh, One time she might have slipped. Another time, uh, uh, Stogie, Alex's dog, might have taken her legs out. But still, at this point, there's no reason to... She's not real heavy. No, there's no reason to... uh, Well, she's 85 pounds. Yeah, but I mean, like, she's light on her feet. Yeah, it's good, she doesn't good frame. Just, she doesn't just collapse under the weight. Yeah, it was weird. I've seen her for 10 years, and I hadn't seen her do that before. So, And then with the Daisy thing, I just I was like, whatever, I'm going to go. I don't care what it costs. I'm, she's probably stricken she, with grief. She's worth it. Maybe. 
Yeah, I collapsed a few times. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a bitch dealing with the de the death of my bitch. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to take proactive steps to. Um, obviously, you can't avoid it, but like anything I can do, she's been so good to me. Anything I can do to make her senior years better, um, I'm gonna do it. What's a you know what's three hundred dollar X ray? Really? Yeah. I hope I, it comes back clean, and I hope it's a waste of money. Yeah. Um, Throw those headphones on. Let's get this thing on the road. Um, you want a donut? I'm okay. I'll take it on the road. Okay. Got your cream cheese round or a lemon, what would they call it? Lemon rise mm -hmm. cake donut. The daily cake. You can have either one or both. Cream cheese. They do a good job there. Yeah, they do. I went to that bakery on uh, Pioneer. They make some, I have to say, their cinnamon rolls are better. I, I think that they use cheap ingredients. Well, the cinnamon rolls are softer. That's all I care about. The text, your texture, man. The whole cinnamon roll. I would. I'll never eat another cinnamon roll from Cottage Bakery as long as that other place is open. The only place I haven't gone yet is the one by the the go karts, and they always seem to be closed every time I go by. But I hear good things, good pies. What's wrong? Go karts bakery don't like money. Apparently not. Hmm. They've missed out on me a couple times, and I can eat a lot of rolls and pies. I don't think people who own bakeries have any idea how to tap into the, the Jeffrey market because Jeffrey's eat a lot of donuts and pastry type stuff. We, we just do. It's odd to me that a bakery doesn't open up till like 11. They seem to be after the old people, right? Fancy bakeries like to go after old people. Old people get up early. Yeah. Really early. I get up early. Me too. Like by 11, I don't really want a donut anymore. Me either. Like, Actually by eight, I don't usually I want a donut anymore. I got a short anymore. donut window. Because I like to fast throughout the day. Yeah. Like, if I got stuff to do, I'd perform better when I'm hungry, whether that's mentally or physically or anything like that. And if uh, there's a little window in the morning where I can eat and I can still not get tired and be not get bogged down by it. But if I miss that, like, anything after nine, really. Um, how sensitive are you to, to what you eat and how it affects your mood and energy levels? Not that sensitive because I don't eat much. I do I do well without having um I think compared to most I do well without being with I, I I'm in a calorie deficit most days. Um and I I'd rather do that. It, I feel better in that than being full. How do you hold the weight? Um I always, I just I always have. I think part of it part of it is one I I made that weight back when I ate a lot. You know, like when I got big in high school, I was eating a lot. I was eating eight, ten thousand calories a day. Oh, so you built the foundation, and I got up to two thirty or whatever, and then uh, I managed to maintain that until my body stabilized. And I think that's why. I don't. I think I could. Once your system's all stabilized, your hormones, uh, you quit growing, your endocrine system and stuff all kind of levels out. Um, you know, like in your mid to late twenties, whatever your body type is. That's going to be the foundation for the rest of your life. It's going to be really hard to change that. You could, but it's really, you know, if you're skinny at 30, you're going to, you're going to be pretty skinny the rest of your life. You might fluctuate a little bit. Um, but I was a big guy at 30, and I fluctuate. Yeah. Sometimes I, I just lost 10 pounds, but you wouldn't know it. No, um, no. Actually, I probably would if you asked me to, to like, check you out. Because um two or three weeks ago you were looking enormous yeah it was too big i didn't, I didn't like like you couldn't move right yeah, i was almost 260 and i couldn't move right yeah. and i didn't uh my my joints were okay because i've been doing a lot of joint work and soft tissue work but uh it's like the body weight stuff any gymnastics just, I, I i just didn't 
it's just I didn't just didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, so I dropped weight, and it's weird. It's more like a. It's like I just tell my body to do it. Almost, I don't really change what I eat or anything like that. It's it's implicit, like ingrained. You know, your body just knows the routine to, like, all right, scale back a little bit and ramp up a little bit. The gas pedal's kind of just there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm like two forty four right now, and I like it. Like, yeah, I don't think you get that much more function out of those twenty pounds, but you get a lot more comfort from you, losing them. I think if I took my time, took a little more time with it, I would. Um, yeah, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel. I hear that a lot with people when they get. I yeah, me too. Like you reach a point where like the length of your bones doesn't yeah. make sense for the pivot points. Yeah, I mean, with I, that much muscle. Exactly. Uh, I think I could get up to two eighty. I really do. Um, you have long bones. If I yeah, if I got a big frame, if I took my time with it, I think it'd be okay. But just that does not sound um, fun. You look at those guys like uh, Kai Green. Oh man, who he looks like a fat guy when he's not. Like in competition because he's so gigantic. Like he looks like a, oh, he's obese. Yeah. I mean, by BMI chart, he would be. Yeah. But then he takes his shirt off and you're just like, oh my God, you're it's, the fucking Hulk. He looks like a buffalo or something. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's what insane. Able to do the, to their bodies. Yeah. Um, do you have, you have zero desire to ever do that? No. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, because of the health consequences? Well, there's that. Or the social. But I'll say people that- would mock you ruthlessly. It, it'd be more, it'd be much more of an issue. And it's already an issue. Like everywhere I go, I'm already identified by my body and it's, I'm, you know, uh, pointed at and uh, groped a lot. People like it. Uh, like they really think that it's like a community event when a big giant dude walks in the room. And it's a little flattering, but at the same time, being identified by your physical traits is. Uh, Objectification. It, some days, some days, some days it's not so, you you want to say, oh, I got more to offer than my. Uh, body but it is at the end of the day it is what it is and people got to label you somehow and identify you somehow and they're just trying to connect with yeah exactly is all it is and if if i'm going to spend my life going around like making sure people are describing me the way i want them to that's a non-stop job you're never going to win that no that's a losing battle there's lines like if somebody calls me jeffrey i'll correct them no it's you're on the jeff list yeah Uh, there's very few on the jeffrey list but other than that try and let it try and let it go it's tough like it's so easy to just get offended outright about everything and anything because we like it's not hard to make that argument right but it's also like well do i really want to just walk around being offended all the time no No. i don't no you're mart you become a martyr at that point yeah Um, and you're not going to change the world no like you're not even going to change those people who are insulting you because most likely they weren't trying to insult you (laughs) they were just trying to connect and they don't know how to do that right (laughs) yes yeah yeah. So, do you think the government is spraying from airplanes, spraying these chemtrails to block UV rays, or what do you think is going on? All this aluminum, aluminum sulfate, you know, sodium benzidine, blah, 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 all those crazy words. Do you think that stuff's really going on? I haven't read too much about that, but I do notice a lot of uh, airplane noises above my head on like cloudy days and uh, a lot of jets flying fairly low overhead. You can hear them more than you can see them. And it's always when it's cloudy, which makes sense. You don't want them to be seen. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I will say this weather has seemed odd yeah. to me because the sun is there. And why isn't it cooking off this marine layer like it usually does at this time of year? It's just like the weather's just behaving all of a sudden differently. And it's odd. It seems like the marine layer is much more robust. It's like it's yeah. bringing much more rain than it does. It looks different. Yeah. 
It's not like white and wispy like nope. usual. It's like dark. silver and gray with big streaks in it. What the fuck is that? I don't know. But um, it's no good. Well, I don't like it anyway. Maybe it I don't is like good. It I just don't like it. Well, here's the thing. I think that it probably is good overall. This is just what I would think. I go back to first principles. Let's say you are a policymaker and you have to make these big decisions that affect millions and millions of people. Let's say you're the president and you get data from the Oceanic Atmospheric Administration or, you know, NOAA or NASA or one of the, you know, N something us. Mm -hmm. And they say, look, Prez, this shit's getting bad. We don't think the Pacific Northwest is going to survive another fire season. We're going to lose Northern California, Oregon and Western Washington. We got to figure something out. And then so this other scientist is like, hey, well, we have this technology. It's been around since the 70s. We try not to use it very much because people freak the fuck out. But all we do is take a little bit of, uh, you know, nanoparticles of certain metals that are highly reflective, like silver and aluminum. And we put it in a suspension and then we spray it with dispersants into the sky. It disperses and all of those little tiny, tiny particles of metal reflect back a portion of that UV light back to space to prevent it from entering the atmosphere and exacerbating the greenhouse effect. What do you think, Prez? Well, Should I, we spray a little bit of this shit? We won't tell anybody. I promise it will not affect your reelection. I'm going to be the devil's advocate just because I have lots of lots of lots of. No, no, you're already the president. You can't be the devil's advocate. Um, as you were saying that uh, one, I haven't noticed what the weather's doing on the east side of the state where the fires are much more. Like, is this just isolated to the coast? No, I don't think so. Um, it's probably probably the whole country is most likely. You're the president, so yeah, it's the whole country. Well, I'd have to. I'm just saying, I'd have to look and see what the weather in the east side of the state's been like. It's been chaotic um you also you live here we're in washington dc so just look out the fucking window dude uh what, northern california what's the weather been like there same as here uh, i mean same as you know pnw uh it's the first thing that comes to mind is um the uh, it seems like the logistics would be so big that there'd be so many people involved it will require the use of a lot of planes and people that's true how are you but gonna, we've, don't worry you, we've got it covered how are you gonna keep that like, not one person's going to say anything? I can't really tell you that. It's on a need-to-know basis. That's just my, like, nobody's going to talk. I can't really tell you that. It's a need-to-know basis. I would think somebody would talk. Well, you don't have to worry about that part. I went to the Air National Guard base in Portland. Job shouted my uncle there. I didn't see anything. That's my only experience with Air, Nat with Air Base, too. Mm -hmm. But it was, I didn't see anything suspicious. But if you went somewhere you weren't supposed what, to go. What kind of things are suspicious? What do you mean? Uh, like massive amounts of aluminum particles or or uh, something like that. Mr. President, we don't just leave that shit out. Well, you got to put it somewhere. Yes, and we have. Don't worry. We I have would, it. And if I it exists. Put it, I'd put it on a military base, where, like, especially an air base. And then some random kid can just come walking in and yeah. just see it. You well, think you that's what put, we would do? We're not going to do that. We're I not going to do that. things you could do. Um, I wonder if those particles will accumulate like on the ground uh, a certain like i mean that stuff's all light, yes. all lighter than air it's gonna all, sink at yes. some point it will absolutely you could keep it up there for a while i'm sure with the air currents and stuff but eventually i would think that there'd be um and maybe if you do it over the ocean okay you know i thought you might say that i thought you might say that so i have a solution it will fall we have we have studied this it does it does eventually fall and condense and and go to the ground and we just spray in more 
but I, I know, but wouldn't people notice like aluminum residue on their crops or, or trees or things like that? No, they're not going to. We're going to keep it below detectable levels. Well, maybe not detectable. They'll be able to detect it in soil and surface water, but not at levels that are enough to cause a, like a genuine scare. It'd be lower than the levels you get from using deodorant. Seems pretty safe to me, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Mr. President, I'm the foremost expert. I'm telling you, this is the this is the idea. Well, if I was the president, I'd say let's put it to the vote. Let's the people at PNW decide. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Let them choose. If it really works and there's nothing there's no You realize people are dying from now from this because the fires are now killing people taking their homes. Yeah, no, this, no, that's this what is I'm a saying. major problem. They're burning so right why, now, Mr. President. So why hide it if it's going to prevent that and there's not a lot of drawbacks from it why not just tell them like hey we have a solution to all these fires we can fix it our public relations team does not think that's the way to go oh well, i do as an honest president who made it to this position without telling a lie and without making back channel deals i am uh what's the word i'm looking you have integrity here. i am not aching to anybody i mean i'm the shot caller here in fact you fired I think that went pretty well. And scene. <laughs> I'm going to get somebody else. But yeah, I, I have a feeling those conversations happen. Because... Uh, the conversations definitely happen, they, I would think. Um, Do but, you remember the declassified paper that I was all obsessed with for a while about the weather thing? The, it was probably 2014. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember talking to... I probably just brushed it off. Like, oh, here yeah. it goes. Yeah. But it, it detailed several different technologies that, are available, that were available at the time of the Vietnam War. For, for weather manipulation, uh -huh. creating clouds, yeah. and which is not complicated. The, the physics of it is simple. You just got to condense water to a point to where it can no longer be suspended in midair and then it falls. Mm -hmm. It's not that complicated. So that's what they did in Vietnam when like the guerrilla warfare going on in Vietnam was beating the United States military. Yeah. We, we were losing. We're like, we can't see these guys. They're in the fucking bushes. Yeah. They're hiding in the bushes. They stole our, our idea from the Revolutionary War. Lots of tunnels. Yeah. And we were kind of just like redcoating it, just walking down the road and getting killed. So they're like, we got to pull the leaves off all these bushes. That's where Agent Orange comes in. That's where Agent Orange comes in. So they pulled all the leaves off the bushes. And then they're like, all right, they still have this trail. Let's make it impassable. And we need some rain for that. So we have this new technology where we condense clouds and make rain. And they did that, and they flooded the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Have you taken a look at Yellowstone lately? No. I want to show you some clips. The the show? I have season one downloaded, but I haven't watched it yet. I didn't even know there was a show. Uh, Kevin Costner? People are talking. It sounds... I've, I Actually, I did. I've I heard, downloaded it, but I, I can't... I can't... I've heard Rogan I mention watched, it, I watched, but like, I didn't the first know if it was a documentary or what. Over and over again. All right, yellow shows stress me out. Stone, yeah, that's uh, that's a weird place. Just how they've like uh, um, like herds of elk. You can just walk up and feed. Like they hang out by the vending machine. Um, in Yellowstone, they've turned wildlife into more like a like they're domesticated wildlife. So is it really wildlife anymore? Yeah, that's kind of a weird. You gonna go solar? I'd like to. 
Stunning pictures this morning out of Yellowstone. The Yellowstone River is at its highest elevation in the recording. Yellowstone National Park closes after unprecedented rainfall. Look at that. We're watching a clip of some sort of river, obviously very gross. Holy shit. Over the banks. A house falling into the river. collapsing into the river. A big house, like a three story giant. That's a lodge. It's a lodge. Holy shit. That is just amazing. Jake and Michelle were going on vacation to Yellowstone next week. Bill Weir. They Bill, can't go now. Not going. Yellowstone. Just talk to us about how serious the flooding is and what exactly is causing it. Welcome to the age of too much water in some places, not nearly enough in others. This is so intense. It's a combination of maybe three, four inches of rain at a time and a lot of snow up there, more so than the Rockies or the Sierra. And it's hot. So that melt, that rapid melt, plus the, the hard rain there, at one point uh, there in Montana, it crested and broke a 100-year-old record by two feet. And so as you can see, folks who built that house in, uh, right along the riverbank there, a dream spot, never considered this sort of uh, devouring power that came through and just collapsing bridges, think, uh, taking away pieces of... Is that the one in California? Well. That's it's California, really right? Yellowstone? No, it's that's Montana. Yosemite's, I think, uh, California. Paul just went down to that one. Yosemite. Glacier... You know what? I Glacier don't know. Glacier Park's in Montana. I don't actually know off the top of my head. I, I know, know part of Yellowstone's in Wyoming. It goes across multiple states. Yeah. It's a giant volcano. Um, yeah, I haven't been to that one. Um, I haven't been to that many national parks. I'm going to Joshua Tree oh, in the spring. Nice. Yeah. We've been there. We're going to Palm Springs, and uh, we're going to go to Joshua Tree. It's nice. Well, the weather's nice down there. Yeah. There won't be rain. No, there won't be rain. I, I, I think eventually I'm going to move away. To a place without so much rain. Yeah, it's uh, aggra- very, I hate it. I'm tired of only feeling good one-sixth of the time. I know, that's why I was, I was thinking about it, because it got to the point where I would, like, wake up in the morning and go out to the shop to lift, and just, like, I would, a couple times, I would just, like, scream at the sky. Like, what the f- Give me some fucking Give light. Me, like, I'm going to leave in a couple weeks. Give me something. Yeah. Uh, and it never came, and then I, I thought about it one day. It's like, oh, I'm, I sit around all year waiting for- four months and now this year i'm sitting around all year waiting for what you know a month and a half when i get back like that's it and that's i've looked at the it. forecast it doesn't look like it's not going to change at least for the next 10 days yeah um it has been this way cloudy drizzly cool ish like for since the beginning of may yeah it's really really bizarre i I've, have had some moments where i've been able to take my shirt off and stuff and got a little sunburn i think i got a little sunburn yesterday that's the thing is we've had patches of sun Every time it gets clear, like it, and then a day later, it's cloudy again. I do think that that we are being protected. I think that's what's going on, and I don't think it's malicious. Well, we'll we'll see how it works out. Yeah, time Whether, will tell. Uh, like Alaska's having a lot of wildfires right now. Why aren't they doing anything about that? They don't care about Alaska. I bet they are. If they are well, doing it, ain't it working. No, it's. I mean, think of how any other kind of intervention with nature works. Not great. Like, weed control is a great example. Like, you have to be very specific about the actions you take, and then your timing has to be perfect. You have to know exactly what's happening with the plants and the plants that are going to come in and take the place of the plants you you killed. You can't just willy-nilly go spraying shit all over the place and expect nature to just fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. It won't happen that way. You'll, get, you'll end up with a bad situation because, yeah, you can't just assume things are going to work out because they do in a natural system because it's I, not a natural system anymore 
I would think for in order for this to be successful, they're going to have to continue it into the summer. I would guess if they are, if this is real, I bet they that it's a thing they do continuously um, when needed. Like like, oh shit, we have some serious dry weather coming up. Lay down a few layers, just keep it, keep the moisture in just another three weeks so we can prevent, like, I'm sure they have statistical models, meteor, meteorological models that can tell pretty accurately what is going to happen with certain conditions. Like, if we don't get moisture in this area in this amount of time, this will happen. And it could be drought, it could be all kinds of really unpleasant consequences. So, I don't know. I'm just saying, if I was a policymaker, if I was the one in charge of making that decision... I would be very, very tempted to say, yeah, go for it. And I'm lucky I'm not. Well, if they've been doing it, they've been doing a poor job because the wildfires have still been kicking everybody's ass. Well, you don't know what it would be like if without that, though. So yeah. it's it, we could all – like this. it could be way worse is the thing. It's like Yeah, but there's like documented stretches of drought. Like they can't intervene there. Uh, but you're thinking about it as if when they do this, it solves a problem. Yeah. It, it's a it's a it's a damage control. It's it's not a solution. So they go three months without doing any damage control. I don't know. Maybe. But All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys have enjoyed this sneak peek of Ramble on the Road. That's all you get for now. But there's a lot more where that came from. We really just got started on this discussion and we continue for another two hours. We sort out some details regarding the rappers Da Baby and Lil Baby. Get that all cleared up. And Jeff talks about his encounters with death and the toll that that has taken on him. He opens up about his depression and his suicidal impulses, and we discuss some possible origins. Most exciting of all, he provides his best tips on how to turn that flat pancake ass into a juicy round peach that just won't quit. So thank you for tuning in to this little sneak peek. We'll have a new free episode out very soon. If you want to subscribe and get the rest of these Ramble on the Road episodes, as well as a free t-shirt and early access to all the free episodes, go to ramblebytheriver.com and click the subscribe link at the top of the page. Thanks again, guys. It's been a pleasure, and I'll talk to you soon.